professional voice acting, the only career where the skill of building a pillow fort becomes an asset on your resume. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Your number one marketing tool is your voiceover demos. When you're posting them online, you want to be sure they're playable on any device and with any browser. The Voice Amp Player does exactly that. Sign up at msvo.me slash msvoicesam and receive three months of Voice Amp for the price of one. Sign up now at msvo.me slash msvoicesam. The Veopreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday Veopreneur. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Veopreneur Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here, where today we are going to talk about travel rigs for voiceover, because it's one of those things that, at some time or another, you are going to need to have. Before we dive into this episode, though, I just want to thank you for taking the time to share this podcast with your friends on social media and also for leaving your reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. I truly appreciate that. I also want to remind you to check out vopreneur.com to pick up your Vopreneur swag. Tons of great t-shirt designs, both featuring the Vopreneur logo and also newly redesigned voiceover tees. Lots of different colors, lots of different styles, men's and ladies available. Check it out at vopreneur.com. So at some point in your career, you are going to find yourself in a situation where you're going to have to be able to record on the road. It's going to happen. And actually, it's not a bad thing. In fact, it's one of my favorite things about being a voice actor because I'm one of these guys that literally dreamed about traveling his whole entire life. I just wanted to be able to go places, see things, and do things. And when I was working in radio, that was something that was never going to happen for two reasons. One, I could never get any time off. And two, for those of you that work in radio or have worked in radio, you're about to understand this next one. When you work in radio, there's no money to travel because there's barely enough money to pay the mortgage. So all of my life, I have wanted to be able to get out on the road and see what is out there. And one of the things that I love about voiceover is it gives me the ability to do that. I can quite literally do my job from anywhere in the world as long as I have an internet connection. And so as soon as I started making a little bit of money in voiceover, one of the first things that I started doing was traveling more. And that didn't mean that I was setting off to exotic locations all the time. But it did mean that I started going away a lot more on weekends or long weekends, going for overnight stays to different places. I just wanted to be able to go and check things out, see stuff, do stuff, have a little bit of fun, experience what the world has to offer. And as I started doing that, though, I quickly realized that I was going to need to have some kind of a setup that was going to afford me the ability to record while I was on the road. I'm one of these people that doesn't have a problem with doing recording while I'm on vacation. But within reason, if I'm going away with my family for a week, I'm not going to allow work to interfere with the time that I'm spending with my family while I'm on vacation. So that means that when I'm gone, there's no, you know, long form e-learning projects, for example. But if I have the opportunity to do a quick commercial or a quick explainer video or a quick corporate video or something like that in the evening when my kids are sleeping, I am happy to do that. 
doesn't bother me in the least to make a little bit of money while I'm on the road. And the added benefit of it is that now I get to write off the hotel as a business expense because I had to have the hotel room in order to be able to record. So regardless of how you feel about the whole recording on vacation, not recording on vacation thing, and I know that there are the two camps that are out there and some of them are pretty strong in their views. I'm one of these people that doesn't mind doing it within reason. And so I needed to have the ability to do that. So one day I called up Uncle Roy and I said, Uncle Roy, here's the deal. I want to be able to have one setup. I want to be able to have one setup that I can record with in my studio at home, but that I can also take with me on the road because I want to be able to have consistent sound. I want to know that if a client comes to me for a pickup while I'm traveling, then I'm able to go back and record that pickup and it's still going to sound the same. But I also want to make sure that I have a setup that is going to sound really good on the road because I know that sometimes the spaces that you are recording in are not always going to be the greatest. And that is when Uncle Roy pointed me in the direction of the Sennheiser 416, one of the most beloved mics in voiceover. And I will tell you what, the reason why I love it is because I literally can record with it anywhere. And I have pretty much recorded with it anywhere. I've recorded in hotels, I've recorded in closets, I've recorded in vehicles, I've like literally, I've recorded in some crazy places, and the 416 has always been amazing for me. And just like I needed, when a client comes to me and says they need a pickup or something like that, I can go and record with my 416 wherever I am, and there's usually no issue whatsoever with consistency of sound. And so that was something that was really important to me. And it was something that was really important to Jason Michael as well. Listen to his story. Having a travel rig has boosted my business tenfold. One of my favorite tidbits in marketing myself to prospective clients is telling them that I'm available to them at a moment's notice. Or maybe it's a last-second audition that you want to get in before the weekend. Who, Who knows what it is. But early in my VO journey, it became clear that if I'm going to be away from my studio for days at a time, I needed to stay armed with my VO gear on me at all times. So when putting together my travel rig, I decided to essentially duplicate my home studio and take it with me. I like to think I have a pretty simple setup, Sennheiser 416 mic, Yamaha AG03 interface, Bear Dynamic headphones, Adobe Audition DAW, and an iMac. That's my home pro studio. My travel rig is identical to my home rig, except I take the MacBook Pro with me instead of the iMac. The Adobe Audition DAW on my MacBook is formatted identically to my iMac at home, which means the shortcuts, racks, everything is a mirror image from my iMac at home. The mic interface, boom mic stand, and some clamps all fit in a small duffel bag, and boom, I'm gone. It's all with me. Of course, my laptop too. So other than acoustics, there's virtually no difference in my studio setup, whether I'm home or not. Now, my purpose in doing this is just for consistency. Consistency in my setup, mic technique, editing, and just my overall sound. No matter where I am, my finished audio quality is virtually unchanged if I can surround myself with some decent treatment. Just the other day, I was in a hotel, and a client asked me to add a couple of sentences to a project I'd recorded months earlier in my home studio. And I've heard Mark talk about using an ironing board to make a makeshift hotel sound booth. In this case... I had this great idea to bring one of those four-wheel luggage carts that the bellhops use into my room and use it as a vocal booth by draping bed comforters atop the cart, letting them all hang down, uh, and I huddled inside of it. Now, using the same mic interface and headphones as my home setup, I recorded the sentences, 
applied the rack on my DAW that was set up by Tim Tippetts, and boom, the audio quality of the added sentence matched the rest of the project perfectly. The point I'm making is by using the same gear, you're less likely to produce audio inconsistencies. And for me, I'm just more confident using the same gear every time. I hear about people using Twisted Wave on iPads and, and things like that, and that works for them. But for me, I want the same everything. And if I can add one footnote to this topic, if the technical side of voiceover is not something that comes naturally to you, because for me, it didn't, invest in tech coaching. It's so worth your time, money, and peace of mind to have the confidence in your setup, whether you're home or not. And as odd as it sounds, if you're confident about the tech in your booth, no matter where you are, it'll make you a more confident voice actor. And that extra bit of comfort will be reflected in your reads. Same rig for home and the road. Same thing as I do. Consistency and sound, absolutely essential. And one other point that Jason makes that is so important, invest in tech coaching. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, when you decide to get into this business, you are choosing to become an engineer, at least within reason. You're going to have to be able to set up your stuff. You're going to have to be able to make it sound good. You're going to have to be able to do editing for your audio. And the better that you are with that, the easier that that is going to be for you, particularly when you're recording on the road outside of your usual studio space. It's really great to be at home in your studio and have a stack set up or whatever. All you have to do is push a button and boom, you record and everything sounds beautiful. But it doesn't always work that way and you're on the road. So investing in some tech coaching, learning how to do some of this stuff, getting more comfortable and confident with your software, and learning a little bit about how sound works and the dynamics of how sound works so that you can set up while you're on the road is also really important. So that is a great point that Jason makes. And that's where I always say, Talk to somebody like Uncle Roy or talk to somebody like Dan Leonard. Talk to somebody like Tim Tippetts or George Whittem. Spend some time with these guys, getting them to teach you a few things. And particularly if you're going to be doing a lot of traveling, spend some time with them, getting them to help you dial in your travel rig. It's going to make a huge difference. Now, for those of you that did want to know what my particular audio chain is, uh, pretty simple stuff. I've got my 416 that goes into my Yamaha AG03. That goes into my MacBook Pro. And I use Adobe Creative Cloud for all of my editing, which I'm a huge fan of Adobe. Really great software. And it has some really great noise reduction capabilities as well, which sometimes that can come in handy depending on the space that you are recording in while you're on the road. Now, one of the things that you will learn in this industry is that sometimes clients need stuff in a hurry. My clients have actually come to expect that from me. And that wasn't necessarily a problem a number of years ago when I literally never left my house. I was always home. I was always able to turn stuff around. Nine out of 10 times, I could have something back to a client within an hour. And so as great as that was, because it helped me get a lot of repeat clients because they really appreciated that level of service, it did also present a challenge when I started, you know, wanting to leave the house a little bit. It meant that I was going to have to find ways to be available to my clients. It meant that there were going to be times when I was going to have to come up with a place to record, a way to record, a space to record in. Now, when I'm in the hotel and I'm setting up my booth or my pillow fort in the hotel, it usually works pretty great as long as the hotel room has the stuff that I need to build it. But there's someplace else where you can record in that maybe you didn't necessarily think about. And you might be surprised at how good it is Acoustically speaking, it might almost be as good as the studio space that you are recording in at home. What is that space? 
listen to Dana Hurley's story. I don't travel on trips more than a day or two without my travel rig. Turns out we often need these. So my travel rig includes a small Sentrance mixer face, Sennheiser 416 mic, and my Windows laptop. While I was traveling in Arizona last year visiting relatives, I received an urgent request for a one-line revision in a two-minute technical video. Looking for the best place to record, my eyes spied our Tesla Model X rental vehicle. I heard they were a great place to record. They have really good acoustics, different you know, shape inside the vehicle, also really good um, noise floor. So I tested it out, and they were right. The noise floor was minus 80. So I recorded several variations of the line, sent the file in, and the project was completed. Honestly, I couldn't tell the difference in the final, um, final recording. So not sure I would get a Tesla every single trip, but I do highly recommend it. And also I recommend the Sentrance Mixer Face. It's a nifty small little guy. Um, it travels well and has very low noise um, in the interface. Okay, so maybe we're not all going to get to record in a Tesla. Although I do have a new life goal now. Like I'm writing that down on my life goal list, putting that up on my vision board that I want to be able to record in a Tesla. I've sat in one a couple times, but but never had the opportunity to record in one. But even if you don't have a Tesla, you might be surprised at how good the acoustics are in your vehicle. I remember listening to Joe Cipriano tell a story, I believe it was at the Midwest voiceover conference once, uh, where he told a story about recording in a Honda. And, you know, they like pulled over under one of those overhangs at a gas station because it was raining out. And so he pulled under there to kind of stop the rain from coming down on the car. And he's recording promos in a Honda. And I mean, if Joseph Briano can record network television promos in a Honda, I'm pretty sure that you and I can record our commercials or corporate videos or whatever the case may be in a vehicle like a Tesla. Now, it wasn't a Tesla, it was a Ford Fusion, but Ford Fusion Studios worked pretty well for me. I was traveling to Tennessee a couple of years ago with my wife, and I got an email from a client who needed an urgent audition, and it was one that I was like 98% sure that I was going to book, and so we found an interstate pullout in the mountains in West Virginia, and I climbed into the back seat of a Ford Fusion. And fortunately, my wife had, had brought a pillow with her for the road. So we took that pillow and we shoved it into the rear windshield, into that kind of gap in the rear windshield there. And then we had a blanket with us as well. So I pulled that blanket over top of me and with my 416 in hands and my AGO3 set up into my MacBook, I recorded an audition in the back seat of a Ford Fusion on an interstate pullout in West Virginia. And by the time we got to our hotel later that night and got checked in, I had actually booked the job. And so then we got to build the studio pillow fort at the hotel so that I could record the actual booking. And, you know, there are some people that will listen to the podcast and think that's just ridiculous. But for me, it's all part of the adventure. Again, it was a quick audition. Not a big deal. My wife and I were not on an agenda. We're just driving to Tennessee. When we got there, we got there. We had no plan in place. We were literally just stopping when we saw cool things. And it was a very laid back and relaxed vacation. And, you know, the idea of recording in the backseat of the car was kind of funny to me. And we took a bunch of pictures of it. And ultimately, I used those pictures for an email newsletter that I sent out to all of my clients. I had pictures of 
me recording in the backseat of the car. There was a picture of me recording in the one hotel that we stayed at. There wasn't any good space to record. And so I actually had to rig something up at the bed. So I was sitting on the floor with pillows stacked on either side of me, a king-size bed behind me, and then blankets draped over top of me. And I recorded in that space one night, and it sounded really great. So there was a picture of that. Uh, There wasn't a picture of me recording at a desk in a hotel with the whole ironing board pillow fort thing. And basically, I just we had a bunch of pictures of some of the crazy places that I've recorded. And I took those pictures and I put them into a newsletter and I sent them out to my clients, only to my clients. And I just said, you know what? I tell you guys that I'm always available whenever you need me. And this is proof. And that actually ended up being one of the most engaged newsletters that I had ever sent out to my clients. They thought it was great. I got so many responses to that, so many comments on that, and not one of them was negative because for the people that got sound from me when I recorded in those spaces, they actually had no idea. They could not tell a difference really in the quality of my audio, which of course makes me wonder why I spent, you know, $20,000 when I was building my home studio and an office, you know, in my basement of my new house, if I could have, you know, just recorded under an ironing board, but that's not the point. The point is that it sounded great and it made for a really cool marketing opportunity with some of my clients. And Got lots of laughs. People still talk about some of those pictures to this day. Sometimes you're going to have to record in some crazy places if you want to make yourself available. And if you don't mind doing the work, you're going to have to be willing to record in crazy places. Uh, Storm Waters knows a little bit about recording in crazy places. Listen to her story. So for my travel rig, I use an Apogee mic because I can use it with my phone and Twisted Wave in a pinch. I used to record on my car every now and again, and that's kind of why I got this uh, Apogee, because I fully anticipated using the Apogee in the car if I needed to. Um, Except the problem is, is I carpool to the day job. So I needed to record a quick uh, pickup for an on-hold message that I'd recorded the night before in my booth. (laughs) So there I was at the day job, no car to go to. So I just set the Apogee up right there on my desk, bundled up my sweater around it, did a quick take, and done. Now, I don't want to panic anyone. This was on break. Uh, luckily, the folks who share my office area, they were still on the record. Otherwise, um, would have gotten a little noisy. There's this closet that I was fully prepared to huddle myself up in just in case. But uh, amazingly enough, it worked out just fine. So if you're going to record at your day job, I would suggest that you don't get busted. And I would suggest that you do it like Storm did. You know, make sure that you're on a break or make sure that you're on lunch or something like that. But hey, Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, especially if you're working the nine to five and you're trying to make your way towards full-time voiceover. If your boss is okay with it, if you have the ability to get away with it, and if you can make some decent sound, why not record some auditions while you're at work on your day job, getting yourself closer to that goal of moving into full-time. And that's one of the things that's crazy about the technology that exists now. You heard what Storm's audio chain was. Being able to hook a microphone into an iPad and record right there at her desk. It's, it's amazing how far we've come. It wasn't that long ago that you had to go into a studio to do this stuff. I mean, when I started in radio, which was in the mid-90s, all of the studios still had record players and reel-to-reel machines and cart decks and CDs. The one station that I worked at, well, one of the first stations that I worked at, had just got a computer that had the most antiquated 
audio editing software on it that they actually, it was so bad and so slow that they would rather do stuff live to tape or on reel to reel. So I remember what those days were like. I know what it was like to have to go into the studio and record. And now it's literally an Apogee mic plugged into an iPad at your desk. And that's pretty crazy that we have the technology to be able to do that. So I get asked all the time about what my setup is when I'm recording. So let me give you a few tips for recording in a hotel room. First and foremost, when you're booking your room, you want to make sure that you request a room away from the elevators. They tend to be a really high traffic area. There's extra noise from the elevator, noise while people are standing waiting for the elevator. So I always make a point of booking away from the elevator. And in fact, I'm a Hilton Honors member. And in my Hilton Honors profile, there's an option for me to put in room preferences. And so I have it checked right in my room preferences that I want a room away from the elevator. So getting away from the elevator and also from the vending machines is really important because the ice maker makes noise and, you know, people are going to the ice maker and the vending machines at all hours of the day and night. So trying to stay away from those areas, always a really good idea. You also want to avoid rooms that are near any kind of common areas. So maybe that's the swimming pool. Maybe it's, you know, meeting rooms or something like that. But any kind of common areas, got to stay away from those. I like to try and book rooms that are closer to the end of the hallway. Doesn't tend to be nearly as much traffic, so it definitely tends to be a little bit quieter. Also, you want to look at the geography of where your hotel is. So for those of you that were at VO Atlanta in 2018 and we were staying at that Marriott, my hotel room, I literally could spit off my patio and land it on an airplane. That's how close I was to the runway. Not much that I could do about it. That was the hotel that we stayed at. But when I'm traveling on my own, I do pay attention to things like that. If you're in a really busy area, try to book something that doesn't face a highway or a runway because those two things are obviously going to create a lot of noise. So whenever possible, I try to find a hotel that's maybe a little bit further away or I try to book on the backside, you know, at least book a room on the backside so that I'm not directly facing the interstate. So that's another good tip. When you get into the room, you got to unplug the fridge and you got to make sure that you remember to turn the HVAC unit off because those two things are going to create a lot of noise for you. My setup is pretty straightforward. Generally, I will take a towel out of the bathroom, one of the large towels, and I will lay that down on the surface of the desk. And then I will put my computer, my MacBook Pro, and I will put my 416. I have a little tripod travel stand that I use with my 416. So I'll put that on top of the towel. Then I like to take the ironing board. And this is the only time in my life that I will ever use an ironing board. And if my wife found out that I actually knew how to set up an ironing board, she would probably expect me to start doing ironing. So the only time that I ever use an ironing board is to set it up over top. So that becomes the, the structure let's say, of the booth, quote-unquote booth, that I'm about to record in. And then I will take, usually I'll take a couple of pillows and I'll put those in front of me and kind of lean them up against the ironing board. And that depends sometimes on the desk and the direction that the desk faces and stuff like that. But putting those pillows right directly in front of me is usually a good way to deaden a lot of sound. And then from there, I'll take usually one or sometimes two comforters, depending on how thick they are. I'll take one off the bed, and there's usually an extra blanket or two in the closet when you stay in a hotel. So I'll usually grab the comforter off the bed and then an extra blanket out of the closet. 
And then I drape those over top of me and I literally sit inside of that little tent like structure. And that's where I do my recording. And it always sounds great. As long as you eliminate some of the outside noise, like the fridge and the HVAC, it's very quiet. It always sounds very clean. But part of the reason why I'm able to get away with that is because of my microphone. The shotgun mic makes a huge difference. And so if you're traveling with a Neumann and you're, you know, some other kind of large diaphragm condenser, it is going to be a lot harder for you to get a clean sound in a hotel or any recording space, for that matter, outside of your regular studio. That's why I wanted the shotgun. Very forgiving, no matter where I am. So, if you don't want to go through all of that, which that's generally what I do, there is another option, and that's the closet. That's going to work differently depending on the size of the hotel room that you're in and the size of the closet that you're in. I find that most of the time I can't fit comfortably inside the closet, and so it's just a lot easier for me to set up on the desk. And again, with my 416, it allows me to do that. But if you don't have a microphone that allows you to do that and you need to get in the closet, maybe that's going to be the option. If you have to record in the closet, though, there's a story that I think that you need to hear. Because this, it's, it's a very important public service announcement, courtesy of Karen Guilfrey. Listen to her story. Every time I used to travel, I used to rig the closet to be my studio because it was the quietest, deadest place until something happened. I was in New York when I didn't live here singing in an opera and I had an audiobook deadline and the quietest place was in the closet. So I got a bunch of pillows and I got my iPad and I got my microphone and I put my computer outside the door and I hit record and I closed the door and I started recording and I made a mistake. So I thought, oh, we're really not very far along in this recording. Let me just open the door and stop the computer and start it again. Only the door didn't open from the inside <laughs> and I was stuck in the closet for about 45 minutes. Well, because my computer was outside, I also couldn't turn off my recording. So <laughs> after I finally got out, there was this great 45-minute recording of me banging on the walls and cursing to myself and laughing at how stupid I was <laughs> and <laughs> calling out to people who were walking in the hallway. One, one, uh, wall of the closet faced the hallway of my floor in the hotel. And so I had this funny recording and I would kind of play a condensed version to my friends. And then I thought, you know, I love podcasts and I love the show This American Life. And I bet they would really, really like this. So I wrote a story pitch and I sent it to This American Life and they loved it. And they said, not only do we want to turn this into an episode, we're actually doing a live show at BAM the Brooklyn Academy of Music, and we want to know if you would be part of our live show, and we will turn your story into an opera. I'm an opera singer, and so <laughs> I said, yes, of course, and I got to hire all my friends, and uh, Philip Glass, the composer, who is the cousin of Ira Glass, who is the host of This American Life, actually wrote me a little aria. The rest of the opera was written by this very awesome, wonderful, up-and-coming composer, Matt O'Coin. 
Um, It was a great, hilarious, wonderful experience. And you can listen to it um, if you go to thisamericanlife.org and look it up. But I no longer put myself in closets (laughs) when I'm on the road. Now, um, actually, that's not true. If I know I'm going somewhere that has a nice closet, I'll often go on Amazon and I will ship myself some moving blankets and command hooks before I arrive and uh, because they're fairly cheap and I will, um, you know, put moving blankets and and command hooks because they come off with no damage all over the inside of the closet. But I always make sure that it opens from the inside first. My other travel rig is um, I'll take something like uh, something that kind of becomes the bones of a structure. So at my parents' house, I use a piano bench. I put it on top of a table. The sides of it, I uh, I cover in pillows. And uh, of course, I put some kind of a blanket or some kind of a towel or something down on the on the desktop first, then the piano bench on top of the desk, then pillows all around the sides of the piano bench, my microphone inside. And then I take a duvet and I put the duvet um, over the entire structure and over my head. And that works really nicely. And there's no chance of me getting stuck inside. So the moral of the story is don't lock yourself in the closet. Although it, it worked out pretty well for me. But still, check the door. Karen actually sent me the audio clip, uh, you know, shorter edited version of her adventures being locked in the closet. And I know I shouldn't laugh because I felt really bad for her. But at the same time, holy man, it, it was hilarious. And so I'm glad that she was ultimately able to get out. And obviously it's worked out very well for her. You know, not everybody gets an opera, right? But uh, great story and a great public service announcement. Before you get in the closet and close the door, always check the door. Make sure that you can open it from the inside. And the other really great tip that she gave, which I liked a lot, was ordering moving blankets from Amazon and have them shipped to your hotel. You know, maybe that seems a little bit extreme, but... If you know you're going to be traveling, if you know you're going to be in one place for a while, and if you know that you've got some big projects coming up, maybe that's an option, something that you can look into. There's always different options that are available for recording on the road. Part of what I wanted when I got into voiceover was the freedom and flexibility that the job affords me. If I want to pack up and take off for the weekend, I'm going to pack up and take off for the weekend. As a matter of fact, As I am recording this podcast today, as soon as I'm done, I have to go pack up because I'm taking my kids to Great Wolf Lodge for a few days just because, hey, they wanted to go to Great Wolf Lodge. So that's what we're going to do for Easter. So I'll be packing up all of my travel gear and getting everything ready so that just in case I need to record while I'm on the road, I'll be able to record confidently at Great Wolf Lodge in Michigan, knowing that I'll be able to deliver great sound to my clients and not even worried about it. Now, if you don't want to do that, or maybe you know you've got something big coming up, like maybe you know that you've been booked for a a really big commercial project or something like that, and you don't want to mess around with recording in a hotel, or maybe you don't have a travel rig yet, or maybe you don't always want to take your travel rig with you, there is one other option that you should look into, and that's getting connected with a local studio. There's a couple of benefits to that. First of all, you know that they're going to have great sound, right? You don't have to worry about it. The other thing is that you're probably going to be able to find a studio that has patch capability. So if your client wants ISDN or Source Connect or IPDTL or whatever, you've got the ability to do that with the local studio. And then, of course, the other advantage to it is that you've now just made a great new connection for your database. 
having the ability to record there. They get to see you in the studio. They get to hear you. They get to watch how you work. Gives them a better sense of who you are. And you never know down the road how that might turn into an opportunity for you. So always be on the lookout for those opportunities as well. I think the most important thing with all of this is you got to decide what works for you. Not everybody wants to be able to work on vacation. Maybe you want to be able to just tell your clients, look, I'm going to be gone, and that's the end of it. And I have taken vacations like that in the past. I have gone away with my wife for a few days, and I've just told my clients ahead of time and my agents as well, which is another important thing. Always make sure that you're booking out with your agents. And I've just said, look, I'm going to be gone for a few days, and I'm not going to have the ability to record or have the ability to do auditions And I always let my clients know up front so that if there's anything that they need done, they can send it to me ahead of time and we can get that done. Or I can get them on my schedule for as soon as I get home. But most of the time, I am not opposed at all to taking my travel set up with me. And I'm not opposed at all to working on quick projects while I'm on the road. When you're doing shorter work, when you're doing those corporates, when you're doing those explainers, those commercials, we're talking about 30 seconds or, you know, maybe a five minute video or something like that. Is it really so bad if you have to spend 10 minutes working on a project while you're on the road? I mean, I've gone on trips before with my family and one job, recording one job, spending half an hour working on that project has paid back the entire vacation. Is that so bad? Not to me, it's not. Plus, it also gives me the advantage, like I said earlier, of some different tax write-offs. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Bottom line is you got to figure out what's going to work for you. You have to decide, am I going to record on the road? Am I not going to record on the road? And if you are going to record on the road, get equipment that is going to work for the type of work that you have to do. I always say to consider that shotgun mic. I like the ability of having one setup at home and on the road. I like the ability of knowing that my sound is always going to be consistent. And it's just so much easier for me to sit down and work on a MacBook Pro. I don't want to have to try to figure out how to use Twisted Wave on an iPad, for example. Too much too much effort for me. I want to know that I can use Adobe Audition at home, and I can use Adobe Audition on the road. I want to know that I've got my AGO3 on the road, and I want to know that I've got my AGO3 on the road. Everything stays the same. Whatever you do decide to use, though, I think that going back to the tip that Jason gave, which was to invest in a little bit of tech coaching, that's going to be one of your number one assets. Before you head out on the road, make sure that you know how your rig works, make sure you know how your rig sounds, and make sure you know what you need to do if you have to dial that in on the road. Guys, thanks so much for checking out another episode of the podcast. This was a fun one. I'm looking forward to uh, actually, hopefully, maybe doing a little bit of recording on the road, like I said, from Great Wolf Lodge, and I'll snap some pictures and let you know how it goes because, hey, if there's one thing that we as voice actors love to do, it is taking pictures of the pillow forts that we build in hotels and posting them all over Facebook. And I certainly wouldn't want to disappoint. Remember to check out vopreneur.com. Lots of episodes of the podcast available that you can always listen to. We drop a new episode every Thursday. And don't forget to check out your vopreneur and voiceover tees and hoodies. Some great swag, some great designs. Lots of great colors. There's unisex tees. There's women's v-neck tees. There's uh, workout shirts. There's mugs. There's stickers. All kinds of fun stuff to let everybody know that you are a VOpreneur and that you do voiceover work. Check that out at VOpreneur.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Catch you on the next one. 
the Everyday Veopreneur podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Your number one marketing tool is your voiceover demos. When you're posting them online, you want to be sure they're playable on any device and with any browser. The VoiceAmp player does exactly that. Sign up at msvo.me slash msvoiceam and receive three months of VoiceAmp for the price of one. Sign up now at msvo.me slash msvoiceam. Hold for tech. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more VOpreneur goodness? Jump online at veopreneur.com.